0: Good evening. I'm your host, Aaron Ritmaster. Welcome to Diz Dad's Podcast Plus. With me tonight to record Diz Dad's Podcast Plus episode number eight are Tim Hicks.
1: There's a snake in my boots.
0: Welcome back, Tim. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and Willie Crocker.
1: Hey, guys. Hey, I'd want to, before we get going, I want to send a huge thank you to Todd Morgan, to uh, Brian LaBeouf, and to Pappy for sitting in for me while I was off gallivanting around the Caribbean. I appreciate you guys very much.
0: And we had a lot of fun chatting with them, too. So, this week, uh, we're going to do our first resort tour that we've done with the new setup, and... I guess apropos to the fact that it's a new panel and a new show format, we're going to look at a new grouping of resorts um, that really hasn't been discussed before um, at Walt Disney World. We're going to look at the Skyliner line resorts, basically the, the group of resorts that's defined by being on that Skyliner transportation line. But before we dive into that, we do want to mention our podcast sponsors. Uh, First of all, our longtime sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Um, Kingdom Strollers is Orlando's premium uh, stroller and crib rental vendor with great pickup service available at Orlando International Airport now for folks who are coming in um, on a plane like that. You can pick up the um, stroller before you even head down for Magical Express. That way, it makes it a little easier. Don't have to lug the child around with you as you go through the airport. So kudos to Kingdom Strollers for getting that worked out. Uh, Also sponsoring the podcast and helping make this happen is Wicked Mouse Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner, and Mouse Master Travel an authorized Disney vacation planner. Uh, We'd both love to help you out with your next Disney destination vacation. You can check us both out online um, at our respective names.com. That's right, wickedmousetravel.com or mousemastertravel.com. All right, um, so circling back, uh, getting into the the Skyliner resorts as sort of a a category of resorts, it's pretty clear that... Disney considers them a category of resorts and the reason we know that is that we can track the the price difference that is applying to these resorts as compared to their sort of uh I guess resort tier compatriots we might call them um you know uh, Willie, what what do you see in I mean uh, what's the the gap you're seeing between, for example, the pricing at at Pop Century and Art of Animation as compared to the All-Stars?
2: I have seen a major uptick. I've also seen a major uptick in lack of availability. Um, I cannot find pop rooms almost at all anymore. And what I'm finding at Art of Animation is family suite, not a choice. You just get a family suite you can't choose cars you can't choose lion king and you can't choose nemo you're basically just going to be guaranteed a room which tells me people love the skyliner
0: (laughs) right i mean we're certainly seeing the impact uh in terms of of availability the room rates are i would say probably 20 percent higher um, maybe more at Pop Century as compared to the All Stars, and and that includes All Star movies that just got the you know refurbishment that basically oh. mirrors the one that that Pop Century got a couple years ago. Um, so there, there's a premium, but obviously people are deciding so far at least that it's worth the premium at least on on the value side. Uh, I think we're seeing really the same thing happening in the moderate range um, with. Caribbean Beach Resort, Um, you know, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, I I know that I've had an awful time finding availability at all at Caribbean Beach. Um, The, you know, certainly nothing under discount offers for a while, but uh, even general availability, really the only rooms I'm finding are, are pirate rooms. And, you know, to me, pirate rooms were a great concept but they sort of happened at, at both. First of all, they happened at exactly the wrong time. And as a result, they're the one kind of specialty room that Disney has done that I've got to say at this point, really as pretty as they are, it's kind of a fail.
1: It's a and big bomb. bomb. <laughs> the mark. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, the design is cool, but basically that, you know, they, they put them in as all, it's kind of an experiment really. Um, but they went in, just before they started this cycle of moving all of the moderate resorts to queen size beds. So now those are the last moderate resort rooms with full beds instead of queen beds. And those bed frames, they're, they're platform bed frames because they're custom built, you know, beds that are like a ship, but they're, they're platform beds because of the way they're built. Well, Okay, that's fine, except that the mattresses are mattresses that are designed to be used with the box spring. So as a result, I've heard they're the only beds at Walt Disney World that I consistently hear complaints from people about, that they're they're uncomfortably hard.
2: I totally agree. And I find many ways not to book people there because (laughs) realistically, like you were saying, I have booked more Port Orleans French Quarter this year than I did last year and it's what February something. Yep. And because we're finding availability there now because of Caribbean Beach being on the Skyliner and conveniently located right down the right down the line from um Hollywood Studios and right down the line from Epcot. It's like the convenience is so close that it's opening up Port Orleans more, which is crazy. And people don't get Yeah. You know, they're not disappointed.
0: Right. Uh, and then obviously our, our last resort that'll be part of this discussion is Disney's Riviera Resort. And I, I'm kind of stunned. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing to me the the way the pricing at Riviera has held up, considering, you know, when they were building that thing, all of the... The chatter about it was, oh my gosh, how can Disney possibly justify, um, you know, deluxe suite pricing in a resort that's built right next to a moderate and doesn't have, you know, walking access to a, a park anywhere. And I mean, most, t- most days, most of the time, unless, unless it's, it's been, you know, part of a, a discount offer or something like that, uh, you know, Riviera prices pretty much on a par with, you know, Epcot resorts that you can walk to Epcot from.
2: I think the new factor still kicked in.
1: I think that's a lot of it. Yep. I need to try. Well done. Very nicely done. Right. Uh, It's done like a deluxe resort, uh, like any of the other deluxe resorts. And I think uh, you're exactly right. It's it's the fact that it's on the Skyliner line. Uh, gives it that that little bit of appeal, um, just like the other resorts. I find it really interesting that, um, that Disney has basically created something that they've never created before. I mean, you've got uh, the monorail resorts that are all deluxe resorts. You've got all the different other groupings but you don't have one that crosses all of the price points the way we do here on the Skyliner between uh, Pop Century Art Animation being the value resorts, uh, Caribbean Beach being a moderate, and, and Riviera being a deluxe. I think that's um, – it's different um, whether it uh, is – well, I, I suppose it had to have been intentional. I mean, they're, they're probably going, how can we drive more business over to Caribbean Beach? Um if, you know, if that was – if uh, the attendance there are the – res- the reservations there were flagging, well, there's one heck of a way to uh, to, to shore that up a bit.
0: Well, I, I do think that there is sort of a, a an interesting, I guess, you know, business experiment that's going on because I think part of what Disney is doing – and we really saw them starting to do this um, really when they built Art of Animation, I think, is where we started to see it more. but w- you know disney i think likes the fact that they've kept the general categories of their resorts fairly simple right you've got you know three maybe three and a half categories of resort resorts because they do they consider the deluxe suites separate i think most of us consider them just the same as we do the deluxe resorts but i, know I do yeah I, mean, I do too yeah so you you've pretty much got three broad categories of resorts and you know people can sort themselves pretty quickly into those three categories. I think that they decided as they looked at the number of resorts they had that you know they could they could subdivide further, they could stratify a little more. And I think part of it is look, if if all star sports can't support a $200 $200 a night base, uh, you know, rack rate price, they don't want that to pull down their ability to price pop century at, you know, two twenty five a night as it's, as it's base. So they're looking for the ways, the things that they can do to sort of create subcategories without labeling them as such. Right. Um, right. and, and give it's- a legitimate basis for their being you know, uh, um, a better variety of price points.
1: Well, I think it's really interesting that in art of animation, you know, they've created these special family suites that obviously the pirate theme did not work so well at Caribbean beach, but they work beautifully at art of animation because of the price point, uh, the kind of, um, uh, draw that it attracts. Um, I think they succeeded with that.
2: They also succeeded because they built a really good food court and the food there is very good. For For a value resort. For what it is, absolutely. The food is out of this world. And now that it's walking distance to the Skyliner, as we come back to, it makes it a really big draw.
0: All right. Well, so wait, let's, let's get into this then. Cause I, you know, we're, I don't want us to bounce around too much. I'd, I'd like to try and focus a little bit cause we've got really a lot of ground to cover. Um, and, and so why don't we start with what I see as kind of the the beginning here, which is pop century, right? It's, it's in terms of the scale of, you know, relative cost and all of that. It's the least expensive uh, option along the, the line here. And, um, you know, it, it got a big boost about two years ago when it was the first of the value resorts to get this sort of, you know, new room design that we've seen proliferating all over property where we've gotten rid of the carpeting and replaced it with hard surface flooring um, and then changed out beds. And they're the first, they were the first, uh well, I guess second because Art of Animation had them already but to to use these fold down beds right that um fold down from the wall and basically you know are more efficient uses of space but give you a better sleep experience because the mattress doesn't have to get folded in half every every day <laughs>
1: Right. And you also have the fact that uh, pop century is still newer than the all-star resorts. So, you know, you, 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 you kind of further separate pop century from the all-stars. So you're creating a little bit more value there. And then what, like you said, when it underwent its facelift, it gave it just a little bit more of an edge, a little bit more value. Totally agree.
0: And, and so that is kind of where we, where we start, I think, in some ways with, with the um, Skyliner. Now, The opposite side of what, is it still called Hourglass Lake? (laughs) You know, all that changed.
2: I don't even know. I would think so, but.
0: So there's this lake that once upon a time, I mean, I think a lot of people forget this. Once upon a time, the opposite side of Hourglass Lake was supposed to be phase two of Pop Century. But they basically got the foundation laid and then 9-11 happened and they just shut down the project because travel was down people weren't traveling they couldn't fill the resorts they had so they certainly weren't going to keep building another one um it was re- when it was revived they had hit on this idea of Offering family suites, and so the primary sort of purpose for Art of Animation, right, was to be able to offer a category of room that would accommodate more people at a lower price point. Um, and in order to kind of differentiate it, they they designated them as family suites. They accommodate six people, and it's the design of the resort itself. The decoration is not, but the design of the resort itself is basically the same as pop century it's the same footprint it's the same room layout um with the exception of the fact that these they're you know three quarters of the resort is what amount to double rooms
1: yes more family friendly
2: and it's like um all-star music you know when they were combining those rooms over there
0: well right those were the kind of proof of concept for the 6 right, person house exactly. right w- would people tolerate this um now the the um i think that the best thing about those art of animation family suites is the the fact that you've got two bathrooms right you've got two essentially full bathrooms i mean one is technically i guess a three quarter bath because it doesn't have a bathtub but the fact that you could have two people showering at the exact same time getting ready Either in the evening or in the morning, um, it just makes it so much more efficient when you've got you know a, a larger family group. Um, it, it, it makes you know a night and day difference.
2: It's an easy sell too, because I mean, even if you have teenagers, you start talking about mom and dad can shower in one room, the kids can shower in the other room, and get
1: everything together a lot faster than. Your son even can the get ready over here. Daughter can get ready over there. Right, yeah. and totally. the one bedrooms don't have that.
0: Right. Well, and, and I mean you've got a door that closes for the exactly. the master bedroom. So, right. I mean, you know, a, a DVC uh uh you know, a, um a studio suite doesn't have that. Um so you get a, a private, you know, bedroom for for the parents. Uh, you know, the, I I think the kitchenette area kind of leaves a little something to be desired. It's it's kind of a miniature microwave and a sink, but um you know, it, it it gives you. But it need. is.
1: It is still a value resort. So right, exactly. okay, I can run Well, without. it gives you enough for a value resort.
0: It does well, and and the real kicker is, is as i kind of glossed over it a little bit, the decor. I mean, they, they started with the, the maybe same sort of basic root idea that we had across the way at Pop Century with the oversized icons and things, but really cranked it up to a whole new level at Art of Animation, because rather than just go with what are sort of random or relatively random, um, you know, icons like they did at Pop Century, like they did at the All Stars. It's a much more cohesive, um, you know, theming plan on the art of animation side.
2: It's really good. I mean, you go over to Cars. It's, I mean, you feel like you're in Cars Land. You go over to the Lion King. It is stunning. Like you feel just like you're. I mean, not in the movie, but you're in the movie.
1: Well, it sounds, and it's crazy. and it's more than the I, I hesitate to call them random, but the the, the other um, uh, statuettes that are at the other uh, value resorts, it's 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 different. It's just different. It's much
0: more cohesive. Well, yet yeah, they're immersive. I mean, you know, I don't know if you've seen they they've done a couple of um, like documentary, you know, the short form documentary things that they've done uh, with Imagineering and things. There's a really good one where they they get the folks who worked on um the decor for for Art of Animation and they had the you know the Pixar guys come out to Orlando and they spent time with them you know walking the resort and going over things and all of those elements are done to scale so when you see that huge manta right you you see Mr. Ray he's done at the scale that a uh, average child guest would you know be the size of Mimo as compared to Mr. Ray. So it really is an effort to, you know, put you in the film. Um and, and and all of those design elements were planned and executed to scale, even though in some cases it made their jobs a lot harder.
2: But it's still, I mean, they they hit a home run. Like Art of Animation is still one of my top favorite resorts, even for a family of four, because the three beds and the decor is just so amazing. From when you walk into the lobby all the way down to wherever you're going in the facilities, like you look around, you're just like the cones, the cars, Lightning
1: McQueen's there, the pool, like you just can't, like you really can't complain. They restore the meaning of the word value where you've got, you know, value resorts, quote unquote, where it just means, you know, for the, for the all-stars, it means it's cheaper. You're getting more value for your buck. Yes, it's less expensive, but the value proposition is there.
0: I I will say, however, that they're pushing the limits a little bit at Art Art of Animation these days because – uh, in terms of pricing, I mean, obviously the public is willing to pay it because, you know, as Willie was saying, it, you know, it, it can be challenging to find availability.
1: Supply and demand, what but, will it bear?
0: But when when I'm looking at, you know, options for a family of six, most of the time I can put them in two moderate resort rooms for close to the price that it would cost for one Uh, you know, sweet at art of animation. Wow! Yeah. Now, go ahead. Willie, you look like you want to say something.
2: That more comes with, because we're finding more discounts now in the moderates than we are in the values because the values are starting to become such a demand because they become
1: really popular. Especially the ones on the Skyliner, right? Well, that's a piece of it. Nice.
2: Uh, Two, two, two queen beds. You know, you can put four people in there real nice and back to pop real quick, you fold the bed up, you have area to hang out in your room, right. even if it's for two hours.
0: Right. No, that's all true. I mean, I, and, and I don't want to, you know, like I said, look, clearly people are still finding value in it because, you know, we're, we're having a hard time finding availability for it to, to book it. Um, I, I guess I'm just saying that that to me, it's kind of starting to push the the limits of, that that value proposition, because if I can put, a, you know, guests in two rooms at, at Port Orleans, you know, the, the, the one room at Art of Animation is, I believe it's what 500 and about 530 square feet, 525 square feet. Yeah. It's
2: right at, it's right at 550 at the max.
0: All right. Whereas, you know, your two rooms at the moderate is what six hundred and thirty square feet?
1: Six thirty, six forty. Yeah.
0: So I think it's three
1: twenty, roughly.
0: Yeah. So at that point,
1: and, and one word, beignets.
0: Hello. <laughs> right. So I don't want to go too much into All that, I just because, just because you know we're not on the monorail or not on the Skyliner there. So we'll we'll revisit those. Um, but uh, you know, it, it is certainly an effect in some ways of the Skyliner because you know, if, if not for the Skyliner, then I'd have a hard time recommending art of animation in those situations. But now I think it's a real tough call, right? You just got to weigh the options and make the decision because there is going to be a little bit of price difference, but you know, you, you weigh what's the priority for your family. Like, you know, do you guys really need the space or is really efficient transportation to Hollywood studios a bigger priority for you? Because I don't think I can put people in two rooms at Caribbean Beach anymore for less than I could at Art of Animation. Right. Once you also time, can't I do I Coronado.
2: Out. Right. Now now like, Coronado.
0: If you can find availability in the rooms that are not in the tower, you still Correct. can Correct.
1: But then you're still far away. Yeah. But it's a very pleasant walk. I just experienced that in January. It's very pleasant. Very pleasant. Sure. I love the place. I mean that's one of my favorite
0: resorts. Okay, uh, uh, stay on the Skyliner.
1: Stay on Skyliner. Stay on Skyliner. But here's the thing, you know, and and this is something our listeners would want to know or need to know is that because the Skyliner offers service to these hotels, that means the bus service is going to be much more scarce, Very much good point. more scarce.
0: Yeah, they did just recently announce basically that the resorts that are primarily serviced by the Skyliner, as long as the Skyliner is operating. Um, the the bus schedule time is really going to be limited to about once an hour. Um, you know the which is about a third of what it's normally yeah. supposed to be, right? The, I would hope
1: it'd be a little bit better to the Magic Kingdom simply because Skyliner doesn't serve Magic Kingdom, but oh, I don't know. Right, because it, for Magic Kingdom the-
0: they're going to stay at they're going to try and at least stay at the target of twenty minutes per. Um, you know, between each bus, that's that's the goal. Whether they make the goal is another question, but the goal is to to pick up at each resort every twenty minutes.
1: Jump the Skyliner over to Epcot and get on the monorail, right? Switch off at Ticket and Transportation Center. Boom, you're at Magic Kingdom. Right. It's it's a little bit of um, running around, but it, it can be done.
0: Sure. Um, and
1: any day at Disney's better than at home. <laughs> got that right, my friend. You got that right.
0: Um. So b- before we get too far away from the value resorts, we ought to go ahead and at least cover some of the basics, right? So basics are, as we've alluded, it, it is a bit of a tight squeeze. Um, the rooms are only 260 square feet. So, you know, that, that's not much space at all. Um, and it's it feels much bigger now when you have the, the second bed folded up. The flip side to that is, however... Um, It surprised me how small the room felt when that second bed is down. Um, It really does make a pretty noticeable difference.
1: But at the same time, there are some people that, you know, their opinion is I'm only there to sleep. I'm going to sleep and then I'm going to get up and go hit the parks again because that's what they're there for.
2: I was going to say there's the crash, crash, wake up, go again. And they don't even notice the beds there. Right. Like, literally, they just pick it up, get in the shower, and move on.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, some haven't noticed the showers there, but that's a whole different topic. That's another topic. <laughs> and um, the free soap.
0: You know, and, and your decor at Pop Century is, is, as we've been saying, the kind of the oversized iconography. You've got the huge statues of Roger Rabbit and Mickey Mouse and um, various sort of, um, you know, decade-appropriate uh, um you know fads i guess or or entertainment you know focuses
2: the rubik's cube the kids all love it now
0: <laughs> right right
2: <laughs>
0: um so you you that's that's on the pop century side um and you know it is gosh close to 3000 rooms 2880 rooms um at pop so pretty high density um as we said the rooms Pretty much all have two queen beds in them. The only exceptions to that, there are a handful of rooms with king beds. Um, most of the bed, rooms with king beds are handicap accessible rooms. Um, and they're king beds because they can fit a king bed in there and, and still have margins that are within ADA requirements for yeah. wheelchairs.
1: Getting wheelchairs around yeah, both sides of the bed. Yep.
0: Right. but, but, it probably is harder now to get a bed with a king, or to get a room with a King bed at pop than it was before the renovation, because I'm, I, at least it, it seems to me that when they did the renovation, they, they left very few rooms with King beds that are not handicap accessible.
2: I don't see many at all. Yeah.
0: Um, now across the way at art of animation, um, you know, we've talked about the immersive theming. Um, you've got basically three quarters of the resort is um, the family suites that accommodate six divided roughly equally into um, themed groups, um, Finding Nemo, Cars, and Lion King. The last quarter, uh, it, it's kind of funny, you know, that last quarter of rooms, the, the standard uh, value rooms, frankly, at this point, um, well, I guess not all the All Stars are done yet, but they're among the last um, you know, rooms that have two double beds standard uh there at Art of Animation, and that's the Little Mermaid Rooms. But, you know, I guess it's a testament to the enduring popularity of the Little Mermaid, you know, franchise that I, I still don't think I've ever seen since they finished building the resort. I don't think we've ever seen Little Mermaid rooms included in a discount offer.
2: They don't have to. They fill up so fast, and they are so
1: far away from everything. <laughs> and how, how old is that movie? Like twenty years old now at this point. Oh yeah, it's it li- Ellen yeah, sixty but, and, and yet, right? Right. <laughs> and, and yet,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, and so now the the so it's one thousand one hundred twenty family suites, um, eight hundred and sixty four standard rooms. So it's not. It's not really sort of three quarters, one quarter, but it kind of is in terms of population because the family suites have six people in them, and the you know standard rooms have somewhere between two and four. So um, you still have more people in the in the family suites, I think. Um, and I think the place where it really shines is that that theming does a better job than at at Pop or at the All Stars of working its way you know, into the rooms themselves so that the, the beds and the shower curtains and the lamps and the tables and the carpeting, right, the
1: headboards and, and lamps. Exactly. You get that theming there.
0: Right. Detail, detail, detail everywhere. Um, and as, as Willie has said, um, you know, they've, they've gotten high marks for their food court. I, I, I've actually though, I don't know, noticed a few, criticisms lately um they they've done they've changed around the food court a little bit of late and um maybe not made some of the best choices
1: you know sometimes we get a little
0: lazy yeah
1: (laughs) elaborate i've i've not seen the changes
0: so i guess some of the kind of um uh made to order type Portions of the buffet or of the food court just don't open very often anymore.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, the
2: pasta bar used to be really nice. Um, Used to be able to do a lot more, but I still think for a value, the food quality yeah. is way better than the All Stars.
0: The, the quality is still very good, and and they do get deserve credit for that. They do a good job with what they what they offer. Um, there's just been some disappointment that they've cut back on oh, some the of diversity. what they've been offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So I didn't know um, that. now, and and in terms of the Skyliner, I mean, what they've done really to both of these resorts is taken what was for most people their biggest negative. Which was the time it took to get to parks and the fact that you were packed in a bus and. Just pretty much done away with it for with re, you know, in regard to half of the theme parks. Because if you're going to Epcot or to Disney's Hollywood studios, instead of going to get on a bus, you head out the opposite direction. You, you know, go and, and hop on a skyliner. And I mean, you know, Willie, you, you rode it around back in December. Um, you know, what was your impression of the, the ride from, um, you know, basically from, from Hourglass Lake, uh, you know, out towards the studios?
2: I thought it was absolutely amazing. I picked it up at Hollywood Studios, went to Caribbean Beach. From there, I went to Pop and Art of Animation, got off, ate breakfast at Art of Animation, even though I was staying at Caribbean at Coronado Springs, which has great breakfast also. Went back, got on the Skyliner, went to Caribbean Beach, which is the transfer station, and then went directly to Epcot, With the stop at Riviera because Riviera wasn't open yet that day, and then walked around Epcot and it was fascinating fun. I mean, like no problems, nothing. Everyone was excited. I was excited. I was wearing a really cool Skyliner shirt too, so (laughs) I got I got a lot
1: of compliments. So I felt like I was the superstar there. But and those things move fast, don't they? Wow! Oh, yeah
0: well and they're really fast and and they get to take a direct route right i mean there's none of this worrying about whether there's a road there
1: right is the traffic being held up because it's a marathon weekend or something i don't know
0: yep, exactly <laughs> it just flies above and I, I mean i think the full run from you know from from hourglass lake out to to uh you know hollywood studios or or epcot is probably under 20 minutes
2: oh at the most i mean if it's running quick you get on and you get off and you're moving because you and I did it a couple of times yep. and we never had a problem. I mean, the longest wait was getting off as they slow down the skyway to right, right, get right. on to the next one where you have to zigzag through the line.
0: Yeah. And, and, and they get a lot of credit for loading that thing as quickly as they do, even with the, the separate loading area for, um, you know, for, for ECVs and wheelchairs. Um, right.
1: Accessible. huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, Tim. What was your experience loading with the the ECV?
1: It was actually quite good. I I I was very impressed with. It, I really was. Um, and we did go joy riding a l- around a little bit, and it really. I, you, if you, you can go out and watch YouTube videos that have, people have produced of you know riding ride alongs, but it really doesn't do it justice. And, and the fact that, you know, those, uh, the ones that they separate out, you know, for an ECV or something to get on and off, you know, you, you it, the, the smoothness with which you can just jump right back in the line and off you go, I thought was really remarkable.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So, so I agree. I, I think that those are all important and, and good points. So, um, As Willie mentioned, you know, you hop on at the um, value resort sort of terminus at that end, and, you know, in order to get to a theme park, you do have to change, and that change station is at our next stop, which is Caribbean Beach Resort. Um, And this is a resort that I feel like has been just really transformed over the last, you know... Certainly even just over the last two years, but, but even beyond that, it, it's had almost two rounds of updates over about the last five years um, because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, the, the pirate rooms are now the, the rooms that have been unchanged the longest right? Because they were an experiment, and because they'd done that experiment, they didn't get done, you know, redone when the rest of the resort got redone in, I want to say, around 2012 or so?
1: Oh, it was earlier than 15, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Well, they
0: did, because they did another round in about 2012 when they switched it to um, queen-size beds. Okay, yep. For most of the resort. But then they went back and did the soft goods update, in, you know, what, like 14 or 16, something like that. And that's then
1: that's what I'm thinking of, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
0: And 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 then they went back again because when they built Riviera, right, they tore down a chunk of <laughs> of uh Caribbean Beach and did a bunch of reconfiguration. And as long as they were doing all that, they completely changed out all the restaurants. It's basically a whole new resort. Um, you know, they kept thing the things that people liked for the most part, they kept the color scheme and the sort of Laid-back Caribbean atmosphere, um, but in the process, got rid of some of people's biggest complaints. The, you know, the food was not good to be
1: shutters. about it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Shudders. Shudders. Yeah,
0: it should have been spelled with two D's and not two yeah, T's. Exactly. Uh, so you know.
1: Yeah, if you haven't been since two thousand two, it's a completely different place,
0: exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, you know, it was the first non-deluxe resort. Uh you know, back in the day, and you could kind of tell uh but anymore but
1: it, at been, the same time it has its own qualities of you know having the hammocks on the beach, being able to just go sit out by the waterside, being able to see Epcot 's fireworks from there, so you know it had its special things, it just wasn't you know at the same quality level as the deluxe resorts
0: right right and and it's gotten all these updates. The pool there is fantastic with great design. Uh, and you know lots of activity kind of stuff for the kids to do and and you know lazy river type things and and it's just you know a really great pool complex there um and they've been able to you know they didn't lose that when they cut down so you know they have fewer guests but the same uh you know the same pool that they had before um you know the dining is Every re- review I've seen is considerably up, uh, upgraded, much better. Um, they got rid of the terribly annoying check-in process there. Uh, you know, <laughs> Willie, did got you ever deal right. with that?
2: That was the worst. I mean, I you awful. went from one building to the next building, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll catch a bus now. And you're like, a bus? Like, we've been what? on a bus? Right. I've been on a plane, a train, an automobile, and it's still like 1030 in the morning. <laughs> like." <laughs> And you don't even know where you're going. Like the place was so big, you were in circles after circles after circles. And, like, well, the pool's over here and the other pool's over here. And you're like, this is not what <laughs> I was looking for for vacation. And how, am I, and how am I going to get back to eat? Because I don't know where I am now.
0: Right, right. And, and, I mean, and, and the having that. I think a big part of it too was that you never got comfortable with it because you had, if you wanted to talk to somebody at the front desk, right, to a concierge or something like that, you went to one place. But if you were going for food or something, you went to another place. And so you never really got comfortable. You know, usually you kind of get your bearings because when you're going to do one, you also can see the other, right? And, you know, when it was split like that, you just never kind of got your comfort level
2: especially at the moderate resorts because I mean
1: you know right they they were all the same except for this one Having just experienced it, I can say that Coronado Springs is not a whole lot different. You go in, you could check in here in this, in the, in the tower. But if you want to get to the food, you got to go over here to this other building and it's a walk around the edge of the water. It's, it's That's kind true. of a That's pain. a little
0: different. But at least, at least at Coronado Springs, you have the option. You can check in yeah. either place. Right. And at, at Caribbean Beach, you couldn't. There was just no way to check in at, it was a you pain. Know, El, El yep. Centro or whatever it was called
2: you went to the yep. bus terminal <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> um so they still have this beautiful lagoon um and you know the it's look it's still a spread out resort but i think that to some extent the the value of staying in different places has been spread out a little bit because it used to be, you know, the end that used to be a place where you didn't necessarily want to stay because you were far from everything. Well, now that's the end that's closest to the the Skyliner, so there's some benefit to staying at that end. I mean, it used to be I wouldn't book Coronado or uh, Caribbean Beach for folks unless they stayed preferred, but now, you know, there's still some benefits to being preferred, but you know, it's not such a penalty.
1: But access to the Skyliner isn't one of them, right?
0: Exactly, it helps balance.
1: The other thing is
2: you fly over it and the first thing you say is wow those buildings look really cool I want to stay there exactly because they have They're really bright, colorful. cool exactly I mean you feel yeah. like you're in the Caribbean you're like yeah. look at this I want to be there and all of a sudden you come down and you land and you're at Caribbean beach and you're like I'm on vacation it's Caribbean beach it's not you know some brown building that you have nothing to do with. It's like, there's, no, the, the roofs are really attractive
1: and those buildings look really fun. Yeah, they do. And if you've been to the Bahamas, that's kind of the kind of color, uh, the color palette that you can see there. It's really cool. Yeah. The greens and the whites and the
2: like coral color. It's yes. really nice.
0: It is. It's beautiful. And, and it is, it's, it's got that, you know, that tranquil Caribbean laid back feel to me, it's a great resort, especially maybe a little bit ironically, especially when you want to kind of relax and chill a little bit, but maybe you don't want to pay for, you know, a deluxe resort. Um, you know, it's a nice option to do that because of that vibe. On the other hand, it's also got the best park access of any moderate resort now because of the Skyliner. I mean, we timed it at one point and it was like, I want to say, you know, less than seven minutes to either Epcot or Hollywood Studios. It was insane.
1: It's, I, would, I would take that over waiting on a bus any day. You, you wait at the bus longer than seven minutes? Yeah.
0: I mean,
2: yeah, you literally great. walk on the Skyliner. Yep. Like, what's the longest wait I've waited? Three minutes? And that's oh, yeah. usually because there was, you know, nothing against EVC, e- ECVs, but you
0: know
2: they like had they to they stop it for 20 in. seconds right yeah right or somebody but didn't know okay. how to get on right <laughs> that, i mean it's bamboozled. It? right <laughs>
0: um so that and that's the the moderate piece and, and i think as we said with you know i think we're seeing the same thing happen there that we saw happen on the value end that um it's it's helping to support um, a price point. I, I don't think it's quite stratif- stratifying as much, um, but I think that's primarily because I think we've had an interesting phenomenon in the moderate resorts in particular over the last couple of years already. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's been sort of a proliferation of room categories, and they're started, they, you know, they started to take a larger and larger premium for various um, upgraded room categories. So that well, garden
2: view is now what is a garden view? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, we've added standard view, garden view, river view, pool view, preferred view. You know, it's like exactly they're really, well, adding- and if
0: you go over to Port Orleans, we've got you know royal guest rooms too. Hold
2: and Royal Guest Standard, Royal Guest Pool, Royal Guest right. Preferred.
0: Right. And at Caribbean, you've got you know, and, and well and at Port Orleans too, you've you've got, you know, the the um the fifth fifth sleeper rooms that are now you know, at Caribbean, they're they're a bookable category. Um so you know, I think that that has maybe blunted the how obvious it is that there's a price premium being attached to being on the on the Skyliner, um, and maybe keeping some of the different differentiation from being as significant because we've already been seeing it. Um,
1: Great job, marketing team. <laughs> uh,
0: well, and and here's the thing. I mean, I, to a certain extent, I, I do think it's a good thing because. I would rather have more room categories and have people have some assurance that they're going to get what they want when they book it than have people getting frustrated because you know they may only have a family of 4 but it's just really uncomfortable to try and sleep with you know the the 12-year-old daughter and the 8-year-old son and trying to share two beds and gosh, if we can put the eight-year-old on that fifth sleeper, it makes everybody's life easier. You know, it used to be the best you could do is ask, but now at least they can book that fifth sleeper and yep. know that they're going to get that category if that's what they do.
1: Absolutely, buy. yep. It, it's it's about making a vacation what you, what, what you want it to be, not what Disney thinks it should be, <laughs> right? right? Yes. Three beds makes a vacation so much easier. Even
2: – if the bed's not
0: huge, should right. well, appreciate it. huge. Well, exactly. but we should mention, though, this is an important thing because it, it was something that, um, from what I understand, this was always policy. But until about the last four or five months, they weren't enforcing the policy. And that is that these fifth sleepers, which are, are beds that are a little bit smaller than twin-size beds, and they fold down from the television armoire. Um, from the time that they were installed, they were intended for guests who were ages, you know, nine and under, right? So people who qualified as child in Disney's parlance, not juniors, but child. child. And they weren't enforcing the policy, and so you got more and more families that were booking those and they were getting these, you know, these floods of of guest services complaints because my 12-year-old can't sleep comfortably in the bed that he's been assigned to. Well, no, it was never intended for him. <laughs> um, and, and finally, I think that they realized that for you know, if for no other reason than for basic health and safety concerns um, because of the wear and tear on the those beds, you know, with kids who were bigger than they really should have been using them. Um, and so they've started enforcing the policy that you can only use those with somebody who's age, you know, younger than age nine. Um, and I mean, to the point where they actually reached out and after they made this This shift, they were moving people who had booked before they were enforcing the policy from those rooms into other resorts, if they had to, to get them appropriate capacity.
2: Which is a great move. I mean, my 12, at least now 14, should not be on one of those beds. Like, they're tiny. I mean, they fold out of
1: the wall. Like you said, they're coming out of the TV armoire. It's it, it, it's a matter of being able to be comfortable in your own vacation. So, you know, to the extent that you can't do that,
0: yeah, maybe that's not the right option, right? Right. Well, and and then, look, to a certain extent, it's wear and tear on the on those pieces of furniture too. I mean, it, it, it's too. it's that much more complex you know, mechanically to have these fold down beds that everybody loves because they preserve your floor space and they, you know, don't intrude on the room. But on the other hand, you know, if you don't, if you're not at least somewhat protective of them, um, you know, they, they're going to start failing and then people complain because the, you know, we can't sleep because the beds at a 45 degree angle, right? Because the, the hinge has been stripped out. So, um, I think all around it was the right choice. Um,
2: Disney beds falling off the
0: walls.
2: The right no. No, that doesn't happen.
0: Well, it only happens when they failed to do a proper QC check and discover that uh, there was there was no wall anchor installed. Yeah,
2: rolling into what <laughs> resort?
0: Disney's Riviera Resort. <laughs> so uh disney's riviera resort was built on what was sort of an edge of uh caribbean beach resorts property um and i, I was impressed when, when we drove up to um riviera because willie and i stayed at at the riviera um the opening weekend um, when they were first opening and um as we pulled up i, I was very impressed i really thought Like, I had kind of assumed it was just going to feel like it was, you know, go to Caribbean Beach and turn left, um, and you'd end up at Riviera, and it doesn't. Um, They've given it its own driveway, and you see Caribbean Beach, you know, after you've already gone through Riviera, and you go out the back, and you can see Caribbean Beach. But as you approach Riviera, you can't even, you wouldn't even know Caribbean Beach was there. Um, And it's, you know just the other side of the, of the hotel. So they did a very nice job. I thought of sort of maintaining that separation so that it still feels like you're pulling up to a, you know, a beautiful French countryside resort.
1: Yeah. I would say that there are other um, franchises, if you will, that might cut that corner, but that's not something that Disney does. And I, I I have an extreme appreciation for that.
2: I totally agree. I mean, they literally put Riviera in a ideal location. It's literally one of those places that just sits, I mean, it looks like it sits up on a tower, like, you know, Rapunzel's place or Cinderella's raw, you know, castle. It's just, you drive up and literally you're driving up the road and you start to like wind your way up to the, to the deluxe resort, which is very nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really does feel like it's kind of isolated off in the countryside because you have that long kind of winding driveway out front. And the reality is that once you get on the resort, you know, most of the time, transportation-wise, it makes more sense to kind of leverage the skyliner to get most places. Um, you know, it's a, a super quick ride to Epcot. Um it's still a quick ride to Hollywood Studios, even though you have to go through uh Caribbean Beach to get there. And um I, I think was what under twelve minutes even with oh, the change.
2: Total. I mean it was the longest part's walking off the right the
0: cars. So super fast. Um, you know beautiful beautiful resort i i heard people complaining as they were first opening saying that you know it didn't look disney enough it just looked like a people calling it a las vegas hotel i'm telling you that those people just weren't looking carefully enough
2: the um, mosaics but, were amazing oh when the, we walked off the Yes. Skyliner. So, oh it's, my it's God. just a
0: little detail in the back of the resort. It's amazing to me what they invested in what was a space that could have been treated just kind of as a throwaway. It could have been paint.
2: Like, really, they could have just painted the walls and you would have never right. even cared. And this now is, people are walking over there to look at them.
0: And this is just this little area that is um, sort of as you go to the Skyliner where the, the Skyliner um, uh, stop is, you know, you kind of pass through this little arch as you go out of the resort and they have taken it and installed this just beautiful storytelling mosaic. Um, the, the thing that I, it reminds me most of is the, um, the tile work that they used um, in the kind of castle tunnel um in, in Cinderella Castle, right, where it kind of tells right, right. the Cinderella story, and up one side you have Rapunzel, and you know complete with with the floating lanterns and all of that. Uh, just and it goes all the way up over your head and back across. It's just gorgeous.
1: It's, it's the Disney touch. It is what it is. It, you, they take a dead space and, and make it extraordinary. And, and I experienced the same thing on, uh, on the, uh, the Disney Fantasy in January, where you know you go into the restaurant and they could have just had just a plain painted wall. They could have done that. It wouldn't have been any big deal. But no, instead, they have a great big mosaic that's telling a story. And that's what Disney is all about, is telling a story.
2: Well, we got off the Skyliner at what, ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night, and there were people just taking pictures yep. of the mosaic. They had no idea what was really going on. They were just looking at these mosaics. And it was Peter Pan and Rapunzel and it was, I mean, amazing.
0: And, and there's a lot of that in this resort, a lot of little details that they just did a really beautiful job of. Um, you know, people complained that the decor just looked like a, a Vegas hotel. And, I mean, I, I posted a video that I'd done of – because I went and took pictures. So the the carpet in front of the um, elevators in the elevator lobby is a great example. Because it just – if you glance at it, it just looks like it's kind of that fancy French, you know, filigree design. But if you stop and you look carefully, all the way around the circle are like six different Disney character faces just worked into the design very subtly. And you can see them if you look for them. But if if you don't, you know, stop to look carefully, you wouldn't even realize they existed. It just, I mean, it was just the right touch of incorporating the Disney design, but doing it in a way that was not obtrusive to the overall theme of the resort. And I, I was blown away. I thought they did such a fantastic job of that.
1: How much of Disney is like that, though? You've got to pay attention. It was like, It's like the whole idea of chasing around looking for hidden Mickeys. If you are paying attention to what you see around you, you're going to see more than you thought you saw. And that's, that's the way it is all across Disney. Yeah, there's no denying that at all.
0: Um but I think we found that that, you know, Riviera was very comfortable. Um you know, the rooms aren't huge. Um they're Not decent at all. they're decent size. They're bigger than a, a moderate room, but they're smaller than many of the deluxe resort rooms. Um the they do leverage the fold down bed thing very well um so that in their in their studios, the studios feel bigger than they are because, you know, you have the the fold-down bed, so you can have one queen-size bed as a standard feature of the room instead of a king-size bed, um, you know, and then you've got a second that folds down from the wall, and they did double duty with it. So these they did, instead of them folding down just from, you know, a wall panel over a table like they do at Pop Century or, you know, from the TV armoire, it's this whole kind of gadget, because as you fold the bed down the sofa that's in front of it folds away that's cool so cool it
1: really is
0: um
2: they did that at um saratoga springs also which was really nice
0: yeah i mean i think we're going to start seeing it all around yeah. um this is just kind of the next iteration of that um because i think uh, look I think ultimately they have realized that it's better for them because the mattresses last longer when you don't fold them in half every morning.
1: <laughs> right. True Murphy beds.
0: Yep.
2: Or the, the times when people only stand in one bedroom because that's all they can get with DVC and those mattresses sit there for weeks at a time, folded up like, you know, right. springs.
0: Exactly. You know, they're exactly. just waiting to pop out. So yeah, these should be much more comfortable, much for a lot longer. Um I think that the the dining options at Riviera are a standout. Um you know, the quick service there I thought was tasty but kind of pricey. On the other hand, the sit-down options are really getting rave reviews. Um you know, Topolino, I mean I, I I've heard people referring to it as now their favorite uh classic characters Um, character meal on property. I
2: was a little disappointed in the not being able to go upstairs at nine 30.
0: Yes. That was annoying that they closed early.
2: All we did was ask to just look around and they're like, sorry, we're closed. And we were just like, guys, all we want to do is take pictures and, you know, give you more of a review. Like, that's all we were looking for. We weren't, I mean, obviously, we would have had a drink if we could have, but we we really just wanted to see the view, and they would not let us see that. On opening weekend was a little disappointing,
1: but it is their job, not ours. It's a shame, but it could have been an opening weekend thing, too. It's like, you know, we're trying, we're still trying to work out the kinks. So,
0: well, I think that, you know, that, that there was certainly been. some of that. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that that style of resort. I think you expect to have that, you know, rooftop bar that's open late. I, I just really think that it's that's the vibe, right? I mean, that's that's a European style vacation is hanging out late with your after dinner drink. You know on the terrace um and I think it's a big missed opportunity on their part to close that place at nine thirty. um I can understand closing down dinner service early if that's what you want to do, but it just doesn't make much sense to me to to not you know leave the bar open
2: leave the at, bar open at least yep.
0: until midnight
2: top of the world I mean yep. it's open till midnight every yep. night, yeah, I mean, and you don't have to worry, you know you can go up there at eleven fifteen and at least get one drink.
1: Even Sanaa at Animal Kingdom Kadani, you can go in, you know, 11, 1130 and still get a drink.
0: Yeah. Right. So, you know, and, and we'll see. I mean, that's an operational thing that I, I guarantee you they take the feedback on that and, you know, they tweak. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we find out that, you know— One or more, you know, one of the spots downstairs starts not opening in the morning because it's, you know, a ghost town. And instead they spend the money to keep the bar upstairs open later hours. You know, they're just going to reallocate until they kind of get the right mix.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just, I mean, it was cold the night we were there. So the outside bar was already closed. So the only thing they had... Open was the and, quick service.
0: You know, that really is the is the thing. that and, and I had almost forgotten about that because I think they would have been open if the weather had been nicer because they would have had a bigger crowd. But because it was cold and the so they had a small crowd, the general manager said, close it down. And the problem is that, you know, it's easy for them to close down one location. It's not easy for them to open up another one.
2: Correct. And that's the downfall was they had no other options
0: yeah exactly good point um now uh, a couple other features of riviera that kind of probably bear mentioning um the little coffee bar area the lobby bar coffee bar uh, i i don't know i'm a little conflicted about that one
2: it was very good i was in there a couple times and it, the service was okay at best but the selection was very limited.
0: The pastries, I mean, the pastries were pretty to look at, but they were only okay. Like, I'd rather have a beignet. <laughs> um,
2: at the price you were paying, they should have been amazing.
0: Right. There, That's the point. That's the point. Um, now, it is nice that you can get your coffee drinks topped off with, you know, various booze. Um, and they've got all the good, you know, all the good things to mix with coffee. I mean, there was... Like, Pretty sure I saw Frangelica back there and Amaretto and, you know, all the different things that would be a good mix for those. So that that's kind of nice because a lot of the coffee bars don't have that. They, they have one or the other, right? Either they're a decent bar or they have coffee. So the fact that they have that is kind of nice. Uh, but, you know, I also got their coffee and wasn't blown away by their coffee. And frankly, you know, it should have been good enough to be blown Joffrey's? away by it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure it build. was a Joffrey's blend, and they did okay with it. It yeah. just wasn't anything, you know, wasn't anything special. And at the, again, at the prices they were charging, it should have been something special.
1: It should have been mind-blowing, yeah. Well, And they also closed early, dead. too.
0: Yeah.
2: They were closed oh. at 9 I, I, I
0: o'clock. Well, I, I think a piece of that was that it was opening weekend, and they were just short-staffed. Okay. I think they were overwhelmed, and they were short-staffed.
1: But, I would give them the benefit of that doubt. Sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, we'll know better a year from now, but but that was kind of the sense that I got, because um, they were still, you know, there were still people kind of walking around in pairs, right? Because one person was training the other one, who was still, you know, not not released on their own yet.
2: Well, I yeah, I agree there because I used my. Business credit card a couple times instead of my magic band because they couldn't figure
1: out how to use the magic band. yeah, and that that'll tell you right there,
0: right. exactly.
1: exactly. That's all opening day problems. Those things do resolve themselves over time,
0: yeah. they should they should wash out. Um, the other thing is that I was initially kind of excited because they had this brand new room type that exists nowhere else at Walt Disney World, which is they they have these rooms they call the Tower Studios. Um, and, and I guess I should have realized it when I looked more carefully at the room description, but it just didn't quite register. So the rooms are small and so small, in fact, that there is no regular bed in the room. The only bed is a fold down Murphy bed. And it didn't really register to me until I heard Len Testa talking about it, reviewing it on, um, on his, his podcast with, um, Jim Hill. but the bed's not down all the time because it can't be like you really, you couldn't physically walk from one side of the room to the other. If the bed was down.
1: Um, so basically a New York hotel style room. Gotcha. Okay.
0: <laughs> if that.
1: I'm thinking it's smaller.
0: Right. I mean, this like, is, this yeah, is
1: I've heard of too many places that are like broom closets in New York, but yeah, no, I mean, different. he, the, that's a whole different topic. He,
0: he, he pointed out that it was, it was smaller than a Disney cruise line stateroom. Um, so small, in fact, that when they had some friends who came by to see the room, that um, one of their friends, in order to have a conversation, actually stood in the bathroom because there wasn't really a place to hang in the room that didn't feel like you were uncomfortably intruding in somebody else's space.
1: Wow! So, I hope those are more, much more value value priced. Uh,
0: we'll see, because really, they're—I mean, they're—they are value priced comparatively, but. You know, I. I mean, I can't see them being useful for anything beyond. You know, it, maybe you got you're burning off a few DVC points, and you know that's all you have points for, or you know. You get in late, and so you want to minimize, you know, what you spend, and you don't want to have to change resorts, so you stay there and then move to another room, uh, you know, after one night. Um, I I think that they thought they were going to be able to market them as sort of a destination for honeymooners, because their their literature talks about how cool it is that the tower suites all face Epcot.
1: Tight and romantic, right?
0: Exactly. It would be this cozy, romantic setting, but – I, I, I really don't think that that's going to hold up. I mean, the, the I have yet to see a review of those rooms that did anything other than, you know, all but compare them to, you know, getting to spend your night in the Tower of London.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't see that being a real popular thing over long term. Yeah. Just can't. It and, makes a, a hostel look big. I'm, I'm just not. looking at the pictures. <laughs> it's just more of a hostile environment.
2: I huh? yeah. <laughs> mean, realistically, it's a it's a bathroom and a fold down bed.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just there's no spare space for anything, and and because it's in the tower, the walls are curved, right? So it it feels even more enclosing.
1: Well, I don't know what they were going for there, but it doesn't sound like they hit the mark. I
0: I think they were just trying to to get you know, squeeze every bit of value they could out of the space they had to work with. And they thought, nice. you know, we have these cool, you know, these cool uh, shapes that, that you know, we could squeeze something unique into. And I, I think they just cut it too close.
1: Uh, yeah. If you've got a view of Epcot there, why not try to maximize that at least a little bit? I don't know. That's just my way of thinking. It's right. not my decision to well, make, I mean, obviously.
0: You know, for example, I, I, I bet it would be really cool if you could, you know, connect it to the room that's next to it, open up more of it and have it be almost like a screen porch, right? For, you know, uh, a one bedroom plus or something like that. Um, I mean, that would be fantastic. That would be really cool. Um, See that,
2: but be a great be place to road. put the kids.
0: Right, well, exactly. I mean, you know, make it into a kid's suite like they, you know, some of the, the universal hotels have, but, but I think ultimately it's just a matter of, of um, I mean, it may even have been simply a matter of needing needing extra physical spaces to allocate more DVC points to, right? Because they have to allocate the points. Every point that's ever going to be sold has to be allocated out the day they open.
2: You stole the words out of my mouth. I was just getting ready to say minimum use of points for someone to buy the minimum amount of points. I still don't think I would do it. Not for you. I get you. But, you know, they're like, look, you can stay here four times a year for 200 points.
0: Right. See, but you could never stay there with Angie because there there literally isn't room in that room to to bring her ECV.
1: Nope. That would never work. And when I can get, you know, a a, a fully accessible room at uh, our home resort of Animal Kingdom for about the same number of points, maybe a few more, but I don't care. Yeah, that that choice is obvious, and twice the space, right? Exactly, but and I, twice the accessibility. So,
0: so that said, I, I do think that um, a few things that we haven't mentioned about um, Riviera that are on the positive side are worth mentioning. Um, one is I really liked the um, sort of the the accept, the traffic flow of the resort. They did a really nice job because you've got. Um, elevator banks on either side of the lobby. And so you kind of distribute the traffic flow around um, a lot better than at most resorts. Um, You don't, you don't get the kind of, you know, crazy congestion at the elevators that you get in other resorts. Um, So I liked that a lot. Um, And, oh, and if you're, if you get really lucky, there are some standard view rooms that have stunning views.
2: Your room, <laughs> unlike my room, <laughs> I had a preferred room that looked out at the corner of the pool. Aaron's room, oh, isn't that great, had an amazing
0: view. So I guess technically my room was a considered standard view because technically it looked out at the parking lot, and it did, but... When you're facing that direction at Riviera, what's beyond the parking lot? Epcot. And in Disney the distance, springs. In the distance? Magic, Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. <laughs> so, from from my balcony in my standard view studio, you could see kind of going left to right across, you could see the the France pavilion where the work was going on for uh, Remy, you could see uh, Spaceship Earth just to the right of that, you could see just the very top of uh, Cinderella Castle um, if you went on down to the side if you were caught at the right time, you could see the characters in Flight Balloon um, you know, going up and Disney Springs it, it was fantastic it was probably the best room view I've ever had except I mean, the only thing that competes with it is you know, the Animal Kingdom Savannah view um which is fantastic for different reasons. Yep. But it, it was stunning and it was a standard view room. Now it, it, it to some extent is, was the luck of the of placement um, because it just happened that that room, you know, was at a place where you faced, you know, exactly to where the, the best, you know, view across the parking lot was. If you were too, doors down from me in one direction, you wouldn't see any of that stuff because you would have, you know, turned a little bit and you'd be looking just into the distance into nothing. And, you know, if you were a couple of rooms the other direction, then you either would have been into a premium view, you know, or you'd be looking at the roof of the the lobby <laughs> So but
2: what's a premium view there? That's what I was still trying to figure out. So I, I the think pool.
0: Yeah, I think it was a premium view because it was a water view, and it's a skyliner right. view. Right. Right. It's a, they were selling it as a skyliner view.
2: Yeah. Which is great, but when I went to your room compared to mine, I was a little disappointed.
1: <laughs> Especially when it was I really forty-eight degrees. Watching the skyliner go back and forth. I don't know. I mean, it does not look kind of cool, idea. but. I'd rather be able to see the fireworks from my balcony like you could. Right. Exactly. With two chairs outside. Thank you.
0: Now, and they do get credit for that. Their balconies are among the more comfortable. I mean, a lot of the balconies at Walt Disney world are sort of faux balconies, right? They're, they're like, you know, half width and you could stand out there, but it wouldn't be comfortable. Um, You know, these are big enough that you could, there are two chairs out there. There's a little table out there. We noticed there's even a um, weather protected um, power outlet. So you could, you know, plug in your, your radio or you plug in, you know, your phone charger or whatever, your computer and work out there. Absolutely. Yeah. A really nice area. Um, And as we kept saying, you know, on the Skyliner, all of a sudden, this, this little chunk of property that would have been isolated and you never would have been able to sell, you know, a, a high end deluxe resort, you know, from that kind of an isolated location, now it's no longer isolated. Now you're connected to everything else thanks to the Skyliner.
1: Well thought out. Well done. Right. You're one stop away from Epcot. Yeah. I mean, my favorite part, by the way.
0: You know, if you, if for any reason you can't walk particularly fast, it's probably. It might even be faster to get to Epcot from Riviera than to walk to Epcot from Beach Club if you're at the kind of far end of Beach Club, like the side of Beach Club closest to Yacht Club. Dang.
2: Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because awesome. we got on when we were leaving that party, and we were we were back so fast it was quick. And there were what seven of us in that
1: car. Yep. Yeah, that's really good to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, because if you think about it, the the far end, and Beach Club is a sprawling resort, and once you get to the side that's over by Epcot, it's probably a good 10-minute walk. You mean by
1: Yacht Club? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: from from the end by Yacht Club all the way across to where International Gateway is. You hop on the Skyliner at Riviera, and you're getting off right at International Gateway in seven minutes. Yep, that's very cool. So— yeah, it's it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, Willie, I I don't know that you know this, but the Dizdads have elected me mayor of Mexico, particularly La Cava del Tequila. Congratulations! <laughs> no
0: you mentioned it. You mentioned it on on our uh, debut episode. Oh uh, yeah,
1: maybe once or twice. I don't know. <laughs> it's
2: always good. Always good to
1: be mayor. Always good to be within you know within a, a shouting distance of the tequila bar
0: just to kind of try and, and wrap things up a little bit here. Cause we've now, we've now touched on all of the Skyliner resorts. We're kind of rambling a little bit, but that's okay. We do that. Um, to kind of wrap things up a little bit. You know, rumors are rampant that Disney is just itching to expand the Skyliner, right? They can't wait to, to take it more places. It's been incredibly popular. It's very efficient. It's very cost efficient compared to most of their other transportation options. So, uh, as our, as our kind of wrap up question, um, I'm going to ask you what you think the you know the next spur is going to be for the Skyliner, and um, both well, what you think it will be, and what you think ideally it should be. Um, and and Willie, I'm going to put you on the spot first because we talked about this a little bit, so I know you've thought about it.
2: I I really want the Skyliner to go everywhere. I love the Skyliner. I personally hope it connects everything. I grew up with the monorail. The monorail was my like lifelong dream to be able to drive the monorail or whatever you want to call it. But now that the Skyliner's intact, I would love to be able to go from Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom without going over the
0: garbage. <laughs> the, the waste treatment plant. Yeah. The,
2: the waste management facility in under 10 minutes. You know, that would make Park Hopper the greatest thing in the whole world. Okay, so, wait, you could so, really so, so
0: what are the what are the terminuses that you're proposing here for this this what you think should be the first spur?
2: I would go Hollywood Studios to Animal Kingdom, then Animal Kingdom to Magic Kingdom across over near shades of green.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So basically you get off near um
0: like near Grand Floridian. Yeah, oh, grand yeah.
2: Floridian, more grand Floridian. So, so basically,
0: at at Ticket Transportation Center.
2: Correct, but not as much that that way. So you could take the new bridge that's going to walk you over to Magic uh-huh. Kingdom, and then if you had to take the monorail over to um, Epcot. But we know that Epcot's going to be connected somewhere else soon. Right. It's just so much easier and so much cheaper.
0: All right. So so. Willie's priority is to get, you know, Magic Kingdom tied into the network, basically, and and to tie, you know, Magic Kingdom to um, Animal Kingdom, basically. Um, what do you think, Tim? What's, what's your priority?
1: Well, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here because my DVC home resort is Animal Kingdom Lodge. To get anywhere other than the Animal Kingdom Park from Animal Kingdom Lodge is a long Bus ride. I mean, a long bus ride, and my first priority would be to hey, you know, we're not going to disturb. We're not going to disturb. Easy for me to say after I've had some rum, right? I'm not. We're not going to disturb any animals if we're just you know flying the skyliner over you know some part of the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, That would be amazing in my mind. The other thing that I'm thinking is that there is one uh, beautiful. Place that is not given, giving, not getting any love, and that's the Wilderness Lodge. They're on the same area as the monorail, but the monorail doesn't stop there. So, would it be possible to tie in the Wilderness Lodge uh, so they could get from there to at least Epcot and Hollywood, if not also uh, the Magic Kingdom? Magic Kingdom is right there. Of course, you can take a boat, but you know, otherwise, they don't they don't get any love. So. Those are the, those would be my two next recommendations for for spurs. First animal kingdom lodge because it's a long ways away.
0: Yeah, I mean so here's the tricky part about it, right? One of the things is that if they can minimize the number of places where they take the skyliner across significant bodies of water, that's better, right? Because they now know that doing the rescues on those situations are it's not
2: fun. Difficult,
0: right? It's resource intensive. <laughs> you know, it's hard to do. Um, so they'd rather, they'd rather not. Um, the, the other piece to that is that I think that they kind of have to focus on the places that are the most underserved in terms of premium transportation, especially where they have premium resorts. I think that Wilderness Lodge is probably next, you know, like third or fourth in line, because I think that they'll wait to build a line out that direction until Reflections opens. Because once you have Reflections opening, so you've got another, you know, high-dollar DVC resort in that area, you know they can run a spur that picks up Reflections, the campgrounds and and cabins, and for and Wilderness Lodge All right
1: at the same time. Yep.
0: Yeah, and, right. And, you're killing
1: three birds
2: with one stone instead of two. Exactly, right, and
0: exactly. And you could run them all, you know, parallel, probably to Bay Lake, and you know, drop them at at TTC and or you know, right around there, uh, kind of similar area where you were talking about Willie. Um, mm-hmm. Gee, all of a sudden, you know, TTC is becoming maybe a transportation hub again, just kind of as Walt envisioned it. <laughs> but. Uh, in, in any case, so I, I think that one probably waits until Reflections is built. Um, I've been advocating, on the other hand, I, I've been advocating for a, a gondola for, you know, Animal Kingdom Lodge to Animal Kingdom since, what, I mean, I, we— Talked about it on the podcast probably three years ago,
1: four years ago. The Earth was cooling, right?
0: (laughs) Um, You know, because I well, because it was this same argument that basically was made for Riviera, which is you have this beautiful deluxe resort, but it has it's the it was at the time you know the only one that had no specialty transportation at all, and it still doesn't. So I I still think that Animal Kingdom Lodge is is a good choice. but I think Willie's also right in that it's got to go more places than just to Disney's Animal Kingdom because it's the one place that it services fairly quickly as it is. Um, so I, I do think you have to have a second spur. I think that what makes m- the most sense, though, is probably to run Animal Kingdom Lodge to Animal Kingdom theme park and then to be able to change at the theme park to maybe Hollywood Studios. Right. to the
1: other parks which yep. is on
0: the same well, but if you do studios, the studios is kind of on that same side of property a little bit. Um right. so you can you can go to studios fairly directly and then once you're at studios now you can connect all the way into Epcot. And once you can get to Epcot you can get to you know it, it, it kind of helps, you know, circle the network in um and and bring things together. Even gives you the opportunity to maybe at some point decide to, you know, take a spur to to the All Stars. Um if you wanted to, because they're going to be over in that in that Hollywood Studios area, um, but or I'm sorry, in the Animal Kingdom area. Um, but if you're going to
2: do that, right, you know you're going to stop at Coronado.
0: Well, right, and and I, I would mean fully they're going to have to pop. You no, know, and, in and there. I fully would. I would fully expect that if you're going to run a spur from from Animal Kingdom Lodge to um, Animal Kingdom Theme Park, that you're also going to include um, Coronado in that run. Right. Yeah. Um, if-
2: They've put too much money into Coronado to not have that direct access to Animal Kingdom. Now, if you're going to do that, you're going to have Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot all in the same line. Exactly.
0: In that same loop, which is what they need because, again, what all of this, a big piece of all of this is that the more accessible you make, these other three parks, the more you help relieve the pressure on magic kingdom, which is the one of the four parks that's overburdened. Um, you know, it's also
2: an easy
1: way to sell park hopper, which is just an extra bonus. You know, that's a great point, Willie. You're absolutely right. Being able to get, you know, okay, I'm just gonna hop the skyliner. We're just gonna go here, and then we're gonna go there. You know, uh, I don't think this is but a half day you know thing for me, whether mm-hmm. it's you know whatever part you're talking about, I'm gonna not gonna name specifics. I'm gonna go spend a half day here and then I'm gonna go spend some more time over mm-hmm. there so I can watch fireworks, what have you. I think that's a great point.
2: Well right. you go to Animal Kingdom in the morning. you go to Hollywood studios at night. And you never have to get on a bus.
0: Well, and, and I think that we're starting to see more and more things pop up that are sort of compelling must-do attractions in in particular parks where, you know, I, I've for, for a couple of years now, I think, have sold uh, Park Hopper mostly as a safety net. Not as something that you necessarily plan to use, but look uh, – if you're going to only you know, you're planning on spending one day at Hollywood Studios, but if Rise of the Resistance is down on your day, and you don't get to ride Rise of the Resistance, if you don't have Park Hopper, you either have to give up a day someplace else, or you know you you, you give up Rise of the Resistance. Nobody or, wants to do that, and we're going to have more and more attractions like that when when Cosmic Rewind right opens. Right? Well, and when Cosmic Rewind opens, and yep. when you know the Mickey's the trip- and Minnie's. Mickey and Minnie, the Tron light cycle opens, we'll have it at Magic Kingdom 2, you know, suddenly there's something really compelling that you don't want to miss in each of these parks, you know, all of a sudden, it's an insurance policy, is what it is, and and – it's a, it becomes a worthwhile or a more worthwhile insurance policy when it means that you could go to Hollywood Studios for the morning, get your boarding pass, ride Rise of the Resistance, hop the Skyliner, and head over to Animal Kingdom, right? You know, you, you can get back into your groove that you'd planned on in the first place without, you know, having to give up the full day just to catch up the one attraction.
2: I mean, realistically, if that was running, you could be in Animal Kingdom at one o'clock and do Rise maybe slinky dog or smuggler's run as a you know as a rope drop and then do three
1: major rides at animal kingdom exactly sure why not that that would work. I mean, you know, it, or even if the only thing, the only thing you wanted to do at Hollywood Studios is Rise of the Resistance. So you're going to get up early. You're going to hustle over there to be able to get in the virtual queue. You got your spot. You're probably not going to ride that until after one or two in the afternoon. Meanwhile, I can zip over to a different park and and uh, you know, I can. I've I've already got my fast passes for uh, um, Flight of Passage. So you know, I can zip over to Animal Kingdom, do that, and still get back in time to do Rise of Resistance. Why not?
0: Yeah, it just makes things a lot more flexible, and and so I I agree. I'd love to see that direction. You know, that the Animal Kingdom area gets served better. Um, You know, I I agree that long term, I think it needs. You know, it becomes the primary transportation system for the the you know entire complex because you know, the, the area over near Disney Springs, I think is screaming for it. Um, you know, oh, it, 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 it they can't wait too long because, you know, the, the, the Port Orleans area, uh, resorts are going to start getting, you know, cranky about being left out of the network. Um, cause as it is now, you know, it, it's faster to get to parks from, you know, Pop Century and Art of Animation value resorts than it is to get to them from, you know, Old Key West and Saratoga and, you know, uh, uh, the Port Orleans resorts that are moderate and deluxe.
1: Well, and There's another one that's underserved is Saratoga, but if you run it into Disney Springs, meaning the Skyliner, run it into Disney Springs, then all of a sudden you do have that option for the Saratoga uh, guests to be able to just zip right over there to Disney Springs and hop on that.
0: Yeah, that's got its own issues. because yeah. It's a really weird balancing act they're trying to play because what they don't want is they don't want people using the parking at Disney Springs as theme park parking.
2: Right? I was just getting ready to say, yep. Parking at Disney Springs is gonna have a fee soon.
0: Well I it, have this feeling. But, but they can't because that's the problem, right? Is is that that they rely on Disney Springs to generate retail revenue largely from locals. Or not largely, but but you know, including from locals. And so they don't want to, you know, make it harder for the locals. That's the whole but point.
2: But the Disney outlets now charging parking.
0: Oh yeah, well but but those are but that's not those aren't owned by Disney.
2: No, no, no. But I mean like if they can charge three bucks, it's only three bucks. Right, right. You know, you go to Starbucks or McDonald's or right. Dunkin' right. Donuts, you it's, only true. pay three bucks.
0: And maybe you validate if you have a you know, if you if you've got a park ticket or if you've not if you've got a park ticket, if you've got a, a resort stay. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean what, what are those lots? 2,600 spots at three bucks a person. Sure.
0: And you use your oh, magic that's... band, right? You scan your magic band in. And if you've got a hotel exactly. reservation,
2: yeah, it's, it's only a matter of time.
0: That's true. That makes sense. All right. Well, we rambled a little extra at the end here, uh, so we should wrap up. We'd love to hear what you have to say, what you think of the the, uh, Skyliner system. As you can tell, we're jazzed about it. We think it's fantastic. We're looking forward to seeing it expand. Um, Big fans. What do you think? Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Tell us all about it. You can uh, email us at podcast at dizdads.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash disdads podcast. And we're at disdads podcast on Twitter as well. Until next time, I've been Aaron Rittmaster with Tim Hicks. See
1: you real soon. And disdads, don't forget, you can always comment to me directly and I can bring those right back to the show here. Take care.
0: Hey, and Tim, where should people email you if they'd like to uh, take their turn in the hot seat on the show?
1: Well, they can uh, either contact me through Facebook or you can email me at oltexasboy at aol.com, oltexasboy at com.
0: All right. And my uh, intrepid traveling partner, uh, Willie Crocker.
2: Have a wicked great night.
0: All right, and we'll be back next week talking about understanding Disney Destination Discounts. That one should be fun. Yeah.